Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. We're so thankful that so many are interested in and wanting to open up God's Word and learn more and more from what it teaches. We're thankful to be able to have this ministry reaching out through the airwaves of the radio. And also, as we post this on our website, they're being podcast through the internet all over the world, literally. We're thankful to be able to be, to be doing this, to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis. And we're thankful for hearts that are receptive to hear and learn from God's Word. And we pray that as we are with you each day, as you tune in, that you are learning and growing in your faith. As we keep emphasizing, the scriptures tell us that faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so as we get into God's word each day, then your faith should be growing stronger. And as your faith grows stronger, you should be coming closer to God. And ultimately, our prayer is that you will come to God all the way, his way, through Jesus Christ, his son, our Lord and Savior, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in him openly, and surrendering to him in baptism for the remission of sins. This is our prayer for you and for all who will be listening to these programs. We're thankful, again, to be able to be with you. And our prayer is that you are growing spiritually, growing in your faith, growing stronger from a spiritual perspective through these studies together. We encourage you to go to our website and encourage everyone else you can to do so at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the Listen button at the top of the home page and sign up for our podcasting. When you sign up for our podcasting, and it is free, and it always will be free, you will automatically receive these radio programs Monday through Friday. And again, it'll automatically go to your smart device, whichever one you choose, your smartphone or computer, laptop, tablet, uh, tablet, pad, whatever it might be. It'll be automatic, and again, it's always free. But you'll also receive a really great daily, seven-day-a-week Bible study that's only about 13 minutes long each day, but that little bit still gets us into God's Word, and that's today's Bible class, Monday through, uh, Sunday, uh, Monday through Sunday. You'll also receive all of our sermons and a Sunday morning and Wednesday night Bible class. All of that will automatically go to your device. And again, it's free, and it always will be free. While you're at our website, churchofchrist.com, you can also download and listen to, and many of the sermons now are, on, are, are posted on video format as well as audio, you can listen to hundreds of ther- sermons. And you can download and read through and study hundreds of biblically-based and spiritually-focused articles. They're all there for your use. Tremendous Bible study resource materials, and again, it's always free. We're not after your wallet. We want to help you get to heaven. We encourage you, if you're in the Omaha area, to come and worship with us, study God's word with us, grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. Our Bible classes on Sunday morning begin at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30, and midweek Bible classes each Wednesday evening at 6.30. And you're welcome to any and all of these services. We hope to see you. Now, 
we're going to get back into our study, and we're in the middle of a series of lessons that are dealing with the existence of God. Why does it make sense for us to believe in God? Now, you may have heard different lessons taught and different studies being put together and communicated that deal with this particular subject from a more technical perspective. Now, we're going to get there in one section of this study, but right now what we're doing is we're looking at believing in God from a logical perspective, a reasonable understanding. And that's what we've really been emphasizing. In the first couple of sections of this study, we've talked about the goodness of God and the fact that goodness exists. Now, how would you explain goodness without a basic standard for goodness? Now, you might be scratching your head at this point, especially if you've never thought about that particular perspective, that particular line of reasoning from a logical perspective. How do you explain goodness without a basic standard of goodness? And as we've emphasized, if you leave that up to humanity, (laughs) goodness is all over the place. Depending on who you're talking to, everybody has a different opinion. You can't leave it up to government because government is all over the place as well. And opinions and positions change over time on an individual basis and from a governmental perspective as well. So none of those can be the true standard for real goodness. God is that standard. You take God out of the picture and you're basically in no man's land. God is good all the time. And he is our standard of goodness. We also looked at morality. And very much connected with the idea of goodness is morality. What is moral? What is immoral? Who's to say? From what perspective? Again, you leave it up to humanity, we're all over the place. You leave it up to governmental authority, (laughs) we're equally all over the place. Do you realize that there have been governments that have considered it moral to execute certain citizens who disagreed with them from their ideological or political uh, point of view? Just execute them. They would consider that moral. You control the populace by being harsh and cruel in some cases. Well, is that moral? Of course not. But you see, that's what you're left with if you say, well, there is no God, okay, what is your standard of morality? There has to be a moral law giver in order to have real morality. And that moral law giver is God. In this particular section, we're talking about Bible facts. Bible facts require divine intelligence. Now, what we've started doing in the first part of this particular study is we're looking at the scriptures themselves and how they are absolutely unashamed, very straightforward, and declarative of being God's truth, of being God's truth. There's no beating around the bush in the scriptures. They, they just lay it out. They tell it like it is. And if that offends us, well, a lot of people are offended by truth. A lot of times they feel like truth hurts. They really don't want to hear the truth because it causes them pain. 
Maybe it violates their conscience because they realize that they're not really living in the truth, the real truth. But the Bible is very straightforward. And again, it openly declares itself to be the truth of God's word. And it does not hesitate in making such declarations. Over and over again, you find scriptures that will begin by saying, the word of the Lord came to, or the Lord says, or God says, statements like that repeatedly throughout the scriptures. And again, no, no, no uh, embarrassment over that, no hesitation over those kinds of statements, no, uh, no kind of beating around the bush. Very open, very straightforward, very declarative. Faith in God and Christ is based on factual knowledge. We talked about that. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Faith in God and Christ is not based in superstition. It's, 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 faith in God and Christ is based in, on fact, factual knowledge. Hebrews 11 and verse 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We understand what evidence is. The evidence points to God. Faith in God is based on substance and evidence. And the Bible itself encourages thorough and continual diligent study of its message. If somebody's trying to shade the truth or kind of hit around the edges of truth, there, a lot of times they're not going to encourage you to really dig into this, really study this, see if what I'm telling you is, is true, genuinely true. The Bible, though, does. People who want to hedge on the truth, well, they don't want you to get too close or too deep in examining what they're saying. And a lot of times, you'll have people, they'll make a statement as though they know what they're talking about, and they'll be dogmatic in that statement. And the way what they're putting it across is that's the truth of the matter. But if you start questioning them about it, challenging them on it, digging deeper and saying, well, what about this? Or what about, well, then they don't want to go that deep. In fact, they may become angry with you and start demeaning you and trying to shut you down through intimidation. Well, truth does not need to be afraid of examination. God's truth is there open for all of us. And the scriptures themselves encourage the reader repeatedly to examine what is said here. Study deeply, study carefully, study continually. As we noted, as we closed last time, the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, the King James Version translates the first part as study to show yourself approved. Other translations say be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth or handling correctly the word of truth. Get into it. Study it. The very scripture says in Acts chapter 17 and verse 11, we noted that after Paul and Silas on one of their missionary journeys had been teaching in Thessalonica, Many people became Christians, but there were some who did not like what Paul and Silas were saying, and so they instigated an uprising against them, and basically, Paul and Silas left town for their own safety. 
but they did not go far. They went to another city called Berea. And in Berea, we have the, the uh, description of those people who began hearing the gospel. And again, many of them became Christians. And in verse 11, it says these were more fair-minded. Well, let's actually back up to verse 10 in, in Acts chapter 17. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogues of the Jews. Why? To teach, to teach God's word. These were more who? The Bereans. They were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness. And what else? Did they just believe blindly? Oh, no. They searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. That's what the Bible encourages. Dig deep into the scriptures. Study diligently. Verse 12 goes on and says, Therefore, as a result of this, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. Oh, see? They dug deep. They studied diligently, continually. In John chapter 6, John chapter 6, and verse 68, when Jesus was teaching a vast multitude, and he was teaching them a lesson that many of them found it hard to accept because they were thinking from a physical perspective rather than the spiritual perspective that Jesus was trying to get across to them. And so many of them walked away from, from our Lord. Then, in verse 67 of John chapter 6, Jesus turned to the apostles, the twelve, and he said, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. In other words, you have the truth that teach us about eternal life. Teach us of eternal salvation. When we look at Acts chapter 20, Acts chapter 20, and we look at verse 32, again, we see the emphasis on the word of God as teaching us truth, truth that leads us to salvation. In verse 32, Acts chapter 20, Paul is telling, he's addressing the elders of the church in Ephesus, and he says, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. In other words, eternal life in heaven. But now Paul does, does not say, listen, just listen to what I say. Just believe me. No, no. He says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. In other words, to God's word. You keep studying it. You keep teaching it. You keep living by it, and the ultimate reward will be eternal life in heaven. We look further at Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. And here the Apostle Paul writes, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, what was Paul teaching there? What was he emphasizing to them? The word of truth, the gospel of salvation. 
That's God's word. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, after, as we've already noted in chapter 2 and verse 15, Paul encouraged, instructed Timothy to study diligently to present himself approved to God, rightly dividing or handling correctly the word of truth. In chapter 3 and verse 15, he goes on and he says, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Then he goes on in verse 16 and says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, guided by God, the writers, the penmen who wrote it down, guided by God through the Holy Spirit to write what they wrote to make sure that it was really the truth of God's word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. James also wrote of the truth of God's word and also through all of this emphasizing dig deep, study it carefully, be diligent to understand it thoroughly, thereby recognizing the truth that is absolutely central within it. In James chapter 1 and verse 21, James wrote, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. The Apostle Peter also wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 22, emphasizing the importance of God's word and studying it and learning it and making the proper applications. He says, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Well, over and over and over again, the scriptures themselves emphasize that we are to study that word, God's word. Study the scriptures because it is God's word. Learn what they're teaching. Examine them in depth and in detail. And ultimately, we come back to John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, where Jesus talks about being a true follower of his. He says, if you abide in my word... You are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, a lot of people, they quote that particular statement from our Lord, and I suspect many of them don't really have a good understanding of where that statement comes from. It comes from the Lord himself. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. God's word is ultimate truth, ultimate truth. God's word is characterized as being truth itself. Now, Jesus made that statement, you shall know the, the, the truth and the truth shall make you free in John 8 and verse 32. And then in John chapter 17 
and verse 17, he's praying to the Father, and he says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And so God's word is characterized as being truth itself. How many times have you known somebody, maybe been close to somebody, maybe even a family member or somebody who supposedly was a friend, maybe a close friend, and they were telling you something and you believed them. You believed them because they were close to you. There was a trusted relationship involved there. But somewhere down the road, you realized they were not telling you the truth. How did that make you feel? How did that make you feel? And maybe if you confronted them with what you found to be error in what they said, they became upset with you. They became angry with you, perhaps, and tried to intimidate you. Why are you saying that? Who are you to tell me I was wrong? Well, you did some examination and found out what they said was not true. Or maybe some other facts presented themselves that demonstrated that what they told you was not true. Again, truth does not need to fear examination. And so the truth of God's word continually emphasizes that examination. Study, dig deep, learn. And upon what you read and what you learn from God's word, your faith develops and grows stronger and stronger. Romans 10 and verse 17. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. But now, what are we really emphasizing here? The existence of God. We're talking about Bible facts require divine intelligence. Now, I've been laying this groundwork to get into the examples from the scriptures of what I'm talking about, helping us understand that God's word does not fear examination. It is very direct, very open, very straightforward, declaring itself to be truth. But unbelievers would probably discount all of these texts that we've read as being self-supporting and unprovable. Well, most unbelievers probably don't know much Bible anyway. Maybe just some very broad matters of biblical instruction, but probably not much by any depth. And so why would they reject what they have not studied? And see, there's the key. The Bible says study, learn, check me out. Now, what we're going to start doing next time is getting into a whole list of facts, facts that are understood, accepted on a general scale that are laid out in the scriptures. And those Bible facts require divine intelligence because of what they say and when they said it. Let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father, thank you for your word to guide us in real truth and to give us real hope. Help people to open their eyes
to the truth of your word and their hearts to accept it and live by it. We pray this, Father. Please forgive us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.